2: When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420, The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Only in Ohio could you have such a cruel April Fool's joke as an inch of snow. (laughs) <laughs> but let's think possibly, because usually April 1st, spring's right around the corner. Or actually, it's supposed to be in spring at this point, but let's talk about starting over, okay? Nothing in the universe can stop you from letting go and starting over. I think that was Guy Finley. I discovered that a fresh start is a process. A fresh start is a journey, a journey that requires a plan. And some of us think holding on makes us strong, but sometimes is letting go that makes us strong. It's Herman Hesse, by the way. And the beginning is the most important part of the work. And this guy knows what he's talking about. His name is Plato. (laughs) There we go, folks. Anyway, uh, I had some interesting conversations this week, which I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, shortly. But, uh, you know, once again, this is a live show. So if you've got a question. You can call in here directly to the show is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. And if you go to WHK1420AM <clears> at <throat> their webpage and go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show Tim Hayes, you can get any of the stuff I'm talking about here. So, uh, I thought it was interesting this week. Well, let's, let's start off. You know, women have more money than ever before and they're continuing to accumulate it. And quickly, by the way, by 2023, women's global wealth will rise to about 81 trillion dollars, and that's to, uh, according to the Boston Consulting Group, who I've worked with before, and they're smart people. So in 2010, that number was 34 trillion. That's some nice growth, ladies. <laughs> Good job. As the warming world faces uh, uh, reports of forest fires, rising seas, and increasingly erratic weather. The United States has seen a boom in the books about climate change. The annual number of new U.S. titles has grown from 19 in 2010 to 432. Uh, maybe that's a peak. Who knows? Uh, usually when, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a contrarian, so I'll just leave it at that. Lab-grown diamond production reached between 6 to 7 million carats in 2020. Compared with 52 million carats of natural mine diamonds in accumulated inventory, uh, that's the highest level since 2013. That's kind of interesting stuff there. All right. Um, so anyway, I, I had a couple of great conversations this week, and I'm going to just talk about those briefly. Uh, one was with uh, was with George and Ed. Two separate conversations, and we were talking about gold. And they said they were very, very bullish on gold. And I said, you know, I was very, very bullish on gold in the summer of 2018. If you may recall, and I think you can go back that far on our podcasts. Uh, we were very bullish on on gold. As a matter of fact, Bob Dickey, uh, he just retired on me. <laughs> Bob's a great guy. Yeah, I, I hope you came to see one of his, uh, you know, one of our seminars where he uh, was on because he's he's a great speaker and he's a great guy he called it and I saw it almost the same day. All right. And I, and uh, so I bought gold uh, stocks. He bought gold and uh, they made a huge move and I sold some and, and I didn't sell some, I was kind of staying long-term and then it pulled back a lot further than I, I expected it to. And that's because interest rates are up a hundred basis points. Okay. So what that does is that props up the dollar. So it would be interesting to see if the dollar continues because if it does uh, then gold might have a problem you know and uh uh you know we'll take it from there but um i i think the key is is you know look we we talk about equities and and we have notable uh updates on our top down indicators and the difficulties that a stronger dollar poses for us equities uh, are big you know generally a stronger dollar has an adverse impact on performance earnings revision trends and margins, et cetera. In terms of positioning, a stronger dollar is a negative for the reflation trade. So some of the more sensitive areas would be energy, materials, industrials. Um, the earnings per share revisions are highly sensitive to a stronger dollar. And financials a little bit less though. So. They're they're just looking for higher interest rates, okay? So they have a bigger spread. Now the growth trade is not immune to either uh, so I think you want to look at a couple of things. What we've learned from the early reports for the first quarter of 20, uh, 2021 um, re- reporting seasons is weather made February tough conditions on the grounds, uh, you know, And it, but they vary by region. Uh, if you were in northeast Ohio, February was a tough month. Uh, so there, there's going to be some challenging comparisons uh, are influencing, you know, the outlook and some of the margins going forward. So you have to think about that. And the performance of most of the popular stocks and hedge funds on Monday, uh, as the Wall Street Journal Journal kind of digested the impact of the forced trades after margin calls, uh, that was kind of interesting too, because, uh, you know, I saw some things, and I'll go into that a little bit more. One of the most, you know, interesting investor conversations that, I've had, and uh, I was reading Lori uh, Calvicina too, who's our head strategist. Um, she said that there's recent strength in the U.S. dollar. Everybody's talking about. And look, I, I talked about the dollar bottoming almost seven months ago, eight months ago, I guess it was, and uh, that that would be a headwind for gold, especially. And gold is, you know, uh, I think been a problem uh, for a lot of people. So. Uh, look, I, I thought some things stand, stood out. Number one, uh, if you looked at January and February, um, things were mixed, okay? January was generally viewed as positive, but a few companies called out disruptions. And in February, from extreme weather, okay, you had some of these big disruptions, is what I should say. And some uh, some of the macro comments I heard from restaurants and home builders suggest that mobility still varies considerably by region. So, while the housing market remains strong overall in, in terms of outlook for the, the full year, uh, the tone has been generally optimistic with some flagging tough comps and expecting uh, sales still lower than the 2019 levels. So we'll see what happens, but uh, remember, you know, uh, what we saw there is, you know, 2019 was a big year. 2020 was a tough year. So 2021 could be a year of rebound. So we look at that way, but, uh, uh, what I think most important is most of the companies out there are seeing margin expansion. So that, that's what I think is very, very good. I had uh, some questions <clears throat> about Bitcoin. So I thought I'd just mention, hey, look, Bitcoin is, is potentially a transformative technology uh, whose impact may extend, you know, way beyond the use of the as an investment. Uh, you know, a belief that Bitcoin will change society is close to a, an article of fate. <laughs> Uh, conversely, there are many decided non-believers who view the current enthusiasm for, for Bitcoin, a speculative ph- phenomena. So basically the financial world is just starkly divided on the issue. So it, it's hard to tell you exactly, uh, what's going on. But, <clears throat> you know, I said back in, I think it was, um, the last week of, uh, yeah, it was last week of, uh, des- December in 2017, that, you know, I had a call in from someone and he said, I'd never made so much money. I said, well, it's parabolic now. And it was at right around 20000 and went all the way down to 3500 And then when it was 3500 I said, it's not going down anymore. Okay? It's not going down anymore. And here it is at 50000 And I'm thinking to myself, wow, talk about a parabolic chart. I mean, it was 10000 just last year. Okay? And so it's, it, you know, it hit fifty nine, I think, at one time. So, uh, a number of developments have given Bitcoin momentum. And most meaningfully, uh, several highly vi- visible fund managers and technology business leaders have made some significant per- purchases of Bitcoin. Matter of fact, you know, some of the companies out there like PayPal, Visa, and MasterCard have announced plans to make, you know, Bit- Bitcoin accessible as a means of payment. Uh, so, you know, some startling things are happening. Um, th- the question is, how does Bitcoin stack up and and is it a bit like gold you know maybe bitcoin's the new gold I don't know but the problem is how do you value it well as one great investor said by the last trade and that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult for those who are retired to invest in now if you're if you've got some risk money and you want to go crazy uh, it's something that you could do now I usually uh, do it on an unsolicited basis, and I'll leave it at that, okay? So anyway, we just wanted to have a brief talk about it and uh, take it from there. Um, One of the things I want to talk about is, you know, we've been talking about environmental and social governance type investing because it's becoming more popular. Uh, You know, if if you look at the assets under management for RBC, uh, we have a huge, I mean, 90% are actively managed in this ESG area, and they're in small caps and mid caps. Uh, because that's where a lot of it is. So uh, we we have a highlight of like twenty or thirty companies, which I think I can send this out uh, if you like. Uh, the week there the are smaller mid cap ideas that are you know we have interviewed and look great in the ESG sector. So if you're into that type of thing, you should give us a call and let us know. Okay, uh, because I think I think it's you know uh, look the social governance. I mean, governance is important as far as Tim Hayes is concerned. You know, you can have the greatest product in the world, but if you've got crooks managing the company, you don't have a chance as far as Tim Hayes is concerned, because, you know, I look for stuff like that. Uh, and and the environmental stuff, there's some people out there, look, I'm a Republican. I'm a hard-nosed Republican, as a matter of fact. Uh, but, you know, the first Earth Day, I skipped school and uh, went down to the Cuyahoga River and, and picked up stuff. So I'm I'm kind of an environmentalist, too. Uh, so, you know, I've got that going for me. The social stuff, uh, some of that's, a little overdone as far as I'm concerned, but that's okay. Some people think it's important, and, and I'm not going to question anybody else's thoughts. But I think um, some real interesting stuff is the S&P 500 names that are popular in the sustainable funds have been weaker recently. And then and after relative valuation premiums uh, that expanded, they got beat up a little bit. And the actively managed sustainable funds were buying U.S. tech, healthcare, and financials in the fourth quarter. And the European names, they were buying financials and utilities, which is interesting. So uh, I think, you know, uh, it, it's a, it's an interesting report if you'd like it. Like I said, you go to uh, go to our webpage and, and uh, you know, go to WHK's webpage down to the local podcast down at Tim Hayes. You go directly to my webpage from there, and there's all contact me and email me type of stuff. So uh, what's some other stuff we should be talking about? You know what? I was looking at this Image 2025 portfolio, and I – you know, that we talked about three years ago, okay, on this show, we talked about it three years ago. And it's amazing how well the portfolio has done. Uh, and it's it, it's kind of what what's even more interesting is that, you know, if we look at the consumer, uh, we have an informed consumer now, okay? And the pandemic accelerated it all without us knowing. You know, we didn't put this thing together because there was a pandemic coming. We didn't know about it, but you know, we had Teladoc in there. We we talked about knowledge. We talked about the consumer space and how it would change. Uh, we had some giant leaps for mankind, uh, you know, in there. And uh, so, if you'd like that that portfolio or, or like a copy of it, you know, I think it would be a great idea because they they really been hitting the cover off the ball is what it comes down to. Um, so. Uh, look, I've been harping on this responsible investing and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's becoming more prevalent because, you know, BlackRock, they're 100% behind it. Okay. That's 35% of the money in the stock market. So you, you have to start to think like, uh, you know, like the, the guys are managing money. Now, one of the things that's happened recently, and this is something that people I don't think understand is that there's a certain brokerage firm coming public who had a lot of people margin to the hilt. So a lot of the stocks that they were following got killed because they had to get out. They got margin calls. And so what you're seeing is that the professionals are buying in another area while these stocks come down. Now, I think most of that margin selling is over or pretty close to over, so it'll be interesting to see if those stocks start to come back because some of them have have had really good quarters, okay? Uh, and I, I, I can see it happening in one big area of growth right now. Tim Hayes can see it on the charts, and uh, uh, I'll be talking to my cl- – I was just looking this morning, so I'll be talking to my clients about that this afternoon – I mean, uh, Monday afternoon. Um, now, the one thing I, I think you've got to really uh, think about, we got a dollar rallying, Okay. And, uh, gold's been kind of weak. It's, it's in a, what the, you know, uh, when you have a breakout, then sometimes what you have is, is a downward trending series of lower highs and lower lows. You can imagine that. You can just put trend lines there. If it breaks to the north of there, it's a very positive break and the thing goes nuts. If it breaks south, it's over. It's done. You know, you got to get out of gold. Now the question is, will the Fed twist the yield curve? Look. You'd never want to play cards with the Fed (laughs) because they know what the cards are. Okay, so this is the big question that I think a lot of people have to think about right now is, will the Fed twist the yield curve? So you get this continuing U.S. economic recovery and it's still concerned that inflation could drive interest rates much, much higher. And, you know, I'm going to talk about that in the second part of the show, but but a more complicated uh, picture may be coming into focus if you look at the long-term market forces in play and the Fed's policy. So uh, let's take a uh, – uh, I think Andrew just came on. So I, <laughs> let's take a break, and we'll be back. Uh, this is the Smart Investor Show. Once again, 216-901-0945 if you uh, have a question. We'll, we'll be right back.
2: In your Easter bonnet With all the frills upon it, you'll be the
1: grandest lady in the Easter Parade. Candyman! Hey, Candyman! All right, okay. Yes, uh, and, and Easter bunny's coming tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, happy Easter to everybody and happy Passover to everybody else. Uh, anyway, so on this show, we're coming on 20 years now. Uh, I have been talking about dividend investing, dividend growth, prime income list, the dividend growth. I've been talking about for 20 years now and, and the prime income list I talk about occasionally when it's over four and a quarter percent because it's a better deal than bonds. Bonds are t- taxed at regular income. Now, I don't know what Mr. Biden's got in plan, but it's funny because, you know, Barron's last week, and I mentioned this, said 10 stocks to build an income street for the long run. And eight of these stocks are on our <laughs> dividend growth list <laughs> uh, or our prime income list. So eight of the 10 are there. And, uh, you know, so they're a little bit behind the curve, shall we say, we're Matter of fact, in most of these stocks, were up so much except for one, uh, that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't even, it, sometimes, you know, I, I see things differently because I've, I've owned a stock for a long, long time. It's up a lot. So I wait till it corrects to buy. But so Barons is now saying, Hey, you can build an income stream from, for the long haul with dividend growth ideas, prime income list. If you're retired, you want to look at the prime income list because it's a 4.2, 4.3% return. If you're younger, what you want is dividend growth, and then use it to reinvest. Okay, compounding is is a magic number, is a magic formula on Wall Street. Compounding is how you make yourself rich, folks. Okay, so if you like our dividend growth portfolio or our prime income list, uh, don't forget to uh, uh, give a well. You can go to WHK fourteen twenty AM. Go to local podcast down to Tim Hayes. Go to my web page. Bingo! You can hit contact me or email me. By the way, there's some good stuff. We're going to have Rob Schleimer, who's you know took over for our 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 one of our favorites, Bob Dickey, and he'll have some information on a weekly basis, uh, like Bob did. It won't be daily; it'll be weekly. So there'll be uh, chart patterns and things that you can see. Uh, I hope to have it on next week. I am not a computer genius, uh, so it takes it takes me a little bit longer. Sorry, folks. It's You know, we didn't have computers. I still have a slide rule on my desk, just so you know. All right. So, um, you know, I I was looking at some things and, um, you know, uh, I guess this is the best way to put it. I I was looking at some of the indexes, okay, and a couple of the ones that led the way uh, just recently and then got killed. Uh, were the QQQs and the Russell 2000. And now I looked at the QQQs and, you know, they made a low. They broke that low into March. Then they, they held above it and then they broke, uh, the old March high, which is positive. Now we didn't get that in, in, uh, in the Russell 2000. Um, you know, because it broke down just a little bit. It might be an undercut. I'm not sure, but it's something to think about, and it's something that you know you should be paying attention to. So, it may be some of the bigger names are going to lead here. And you know, I because Ed and and George uh, grilled me this this week on gold. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, there's a young lady named Mary Ann McGonigal, and she is really good. She's a great uh, chartist, and she she had an article this week, and she talked about Uh, uh, Gold And that It it was just about ready to give a PMO sell signal Um, You know, so uh, That would be a negative, okay The sentiment, however uh, Is is truly bearish So uh, You know But its correlation to the U.S. dollar Is like at .7 right now Which is pretty high So if if the u s dollar you know and i, I judge the u s dollar by the u u p uh it you know it it broke out of a bit of a downtrend here recently so it it'll be interesting to see if she's right uh but we are in this uh, what they call a pennant formation on gold so if we break through the bottom of it i would say hit the road if you break through the top of it it would have it'd be a two hundred point move um then then obviously we'd be uh be more positive, okay? Um, but you know, I, I was talking to a couple folks this week, uh, uh, you know, generally about um, earnings, and, and it was funny because there was stocks like CrowdStrike and MKS and Datadog who blew the cover off the ball and went down. I mean, they went down like eleven percent after great earnings. And then there was other companies uh, that I saw. Uh, that that went straight up after earnings. And um, you you wonder, you know, what's going on here and, and, uh, you know, why this is happening. But I'm also seeing when these stocks do have good earnings, they're down. When the stocks have great earnings and they're up, they're pulling back. When the stocks that gap up are the ones that are down or haven't been doing anything, and then they surprise so the anticipation is what's important, okay? Remember, the stock market is all about numbers, eventually. What it is basically is a scenario where it's the anticipation. Remember the kid at Christmas? He's expecting a BB gun, okay, and he gets a bike. Well, the bike is a darn good present, okay? It may be a great present. He'd probably use it more than the BB gun. But he's upset because he didn't get the BB gun, okay? So if MKS uh, instruments was up big. They were anticipating more. Okay. So it gaps down. That doesn't mean it's a bad stock. It just means it's got a problem for a while. And there may be other stocks that people weren't anticipating good numbers. They came out and poof, you had rocket ship. Okay. So, uh, and and by the way, I've seen a lot of this in the candlestick charts, um, where you, you see some, uh, what's known as a hammer and, you know, that type of thing. And, and, uh, I now look the other thing I'm seeing, and uh, th- then you know, uh, Bob Schleimer had some really good points this week. Um, is, is I'm seeing some of the mega caps start to look good, and I'm not going to tell you who those are, but uh, there's four of them that I saw that look really, really good. Um, and but they haven't done anything for nine months, so uh, maybe you know, uh, maybe it, it you know, it's good or maybe it's bad, maybe it's takes a while to get going. But look, I talked about the Russell 2000, the QQQs breaking out. One of the things you don't want to do right now, because we're, the bullish percent is still in a column of votes and I think what's happening is we're distributing all the stock from the margin calls that occurred at this certain brokerage firm that uh, had poor young people margin to the hilt and probably got killed. Um, so you don't want to chase anything right now. You want to let it come back to you, All right. Believe me, there'll be another bus. <laughs> All right, there'll be another bus so I, I say that and i uh, I say it with you know a, a straight face uh, a lot of people uh, don't get it they're they're um they they get upset with things, but you know I, I missed this one I missed that one um look I, I owned uh roku, and during the financial crisis, I was upgrading my portfolio. I was buying things like JP Morgan down at 85 and Disney down at 85. Uh, and a couple people asked me about Roku. Now, I already owned a lot of it. And I just didn't think that was the type of stock to buy at that point. No, it's up. It went crazy on the upside. Okay, and uh, But I owned it for a lot of people. And didn't, I didn't buy it for those two people. They got mad at me. And that happens sometimes. But I think what you have to be paying attention to is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a retirement specialist. And I work... You know, I make people money, but the key is to do it with high quality. Okay. Uh, Roku is a good company, um, but it's hard to say I'm, I'm buying it for retirement plan, uh, retirement uh, scenario at 340 times earnings. <laughs> so just leave it at that. Look, I, I think some, um, I think we got to start to look at some index levels right now. And uh, they've pulled back. You know, we had a, a, a 5% correction in the Russell, then a 10% correction in the QQQs. And also the NDX, we had 6% corrections, then 12% corrections, right? So uh, we did move above the old low, okay? So we've broken out a little bit on the QQQs and the Russell 2000, which is smaller cap stocks. And what's interesting about the Russell is it broke down. It got wet. and almost a quarter of the stocks in there are regional banks, And the average regional banks during that time were up 7.5%. So the index went down 9.7% in March. And a third of the stocks were up 7%. What does that tell you about the rest of the stocks? They got whacked. And most of those were the stocks that the certain crowd phoned, okay, that were highly leveraged, that were using small amount of money, which were You know, probably traders were taking advantage of them to a certain degree. So I think we got to watch those indexes over the next couple of quarters. And I think, look, I think we're going to have some sloppy movement here for the next, oh, you know, month, month and a half. But I'm starting to see some things emerge. And I think it's important that you understand that there'll be some good ideas coming up here. And there's what I call churning leadership is is. You know, it, it's frustrating for investors and it no sooner does one theme begin to work, such as, you know, cyclicals, and then the theme begins to, another theme emerges and, and often without any meaningful fundamental reason for it at the time. So look, at this point in the current four year bull cycle, we view the current ebb and flow, back and forth leadership swings as normal bull market rotations. Okay. We're in a secular bull market, as far as Tim Hayes is concerned, until somebody proves it different. So, I think that's very, very important. Now, uh, look, uh, Rob Schleimer uses something, and uh, he calls it the the quadrant balance indicator, and uh, I I found it's a great indicator. And what he talked about this week was he he said there's like a the the monthly is really overbought, but the weekly is just turning up. So the monthly can stay overbought for several months, okay? Where the weekly uh, could, you know, we we could have a week, you know, uh, a couple month move and be gone. Okay. So I think that's important. I, the other thing I want to just say real briefly is that the advanced decline line is still holding above the lows. All right. And I'm talking about the stock only advanced decline line. That's very positive for you people out there. Uh, and, and, we'll, but we'll see. Hey, let's take a break, and we'll be right back with the uh, the bullish percent, and uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, if you have a question, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. Oh, honey, honey, you are my candy girl, and you got me wanting you. Andrew has outdone himself. <laughs> Andrew has outdone himself this weekend. Good job, Andrew. Anyway, I think we have, uh, welcome back to the Smart Investor Show. I believe we have Scott on the line. Scott, you out there? Hey,
0: Tim. Hey, Tim, how are you right. today? Ah, no complaints. Hey, pretty good. Yeah, it's a beautiful sunny day out here in northeastern Ohio, and happy Easter to you.
1: Yeah, Thank you. And same back to you.
0: I was just calling because uh, a few months ago, gold was right around 2000, and some people were saying it might be getting ready to run, and I had called at that point and said I wouldn't be putting my, my money in gold, but I just say that because looking forward, uh, looking at the gold play, I just think that at the end of the year, we're probably going to take a 20% haircut in the market, and then I think it's going to go down for a couple years, and we're probably going to get a 50% haircut, and I'm just saying that i think that it might be an opportunity to buy gold and silver physical gold and silver at that point for about a five-year time frame i I think we're going to see another cycle where people can make a lot of money what do you think
1: scott i remember your call and i as i told you then i had been in gold for almost two years at that point and i was up big okay and uh i said you know it's possible. And I think the dollars, the, the question, you know, we, look, we had a, a percentage point move in interest rates. That's a huge move from where we were. OK, so uh, interest rates go up. Dollar goes with it. That's the way it works. Now, the question is, will they stay up? And I don't know. But, uh, you know, look, what I see, and this is may- maybe the same as your theory, is I see interest rates going up. OK, I see our debt going up, which slows down think- our economy. And I see our taxes going up, which slows down our economy. So are we going to have a 50% hit? I don't think so. Cause I think we're in a secular bull market. Um, I think, you know, somewhere around 2027, you know, 2028, you could have that, you know, that, that bear market is what you're talking about. But I, I look in a, in a bull market, you have 20% drops all the time, 1987, you know, 1990, uh, the Russian ruble crisis in 1998. Uh, so you can have a 20% drop anytime, But I do believe we're in a secular bull market. Now, will gold move? Gold usually moves in a bull market because there's a lot of money available. And believe me, there's a lot of money available right now. I just think Bitcoin has been the new gold, at least for now.
0: Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think that uh, another thing that might happen that goes along with the things you just said is you add – To those items uh, additional regulations and punishment for for businesses and i think that that adds a little bit more stress along with when you have a growing market growing economy and you have money and money has a place to go when you're putting stress on the market you have money the money really doesn't have efficient places to go and now you start to have problems And i just think when someone says the king isn't wearing any clothes i think we're going to have a problem
1: well, this king doesn't have any clothes. I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think I agree with you on that part. I look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a twenty percent correction sometime in our near future. Okay, um, there could be a five ten percent correction any time, and we just had one,
0: <laughs>
1: and and that was caused by just margin calls. Imagine if there was real selling. So, but look, successful investing is not about is about managing risk not avoiding it, Scott, okay? So what we have to do is guide our way through this, and that's why, you know, you're perfect call because the next thing we're going to talk about is the bullish percent, all right? And that has kept kept me out of every major decline.
0: Yeah, always good uh, listening to you talking with you, and I'm probably going to be uh, calling you to set an appointment here pretty soon. Uh, I've had something dormant with you for a while, and we might be looking at doing something, so... I'll be talking. Okay, with great.
1: You. Look forward to. It.
0: See
1: ya. All right. Have a great Easter. Okay. Anyway, we like I said, successful investing is about managing risk. It you you never avoid risk. You buy if you bought CDs a mu- uh, two months ago, you're wishing you would have waited those two months, because you're probably you, you left a percentage point on the table. Okay, so there is invest. There's risk in everything. So. That's when we talk about the bullish percent. The bullish percent was designed by some technicians back in the 30s, and they wanted to be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. They set up a thing, a point and figure chart, which is X's and O's. X's, we have the offensive team on the field. O's, we have the defensive team on the field. When we get over 70, which we were just two and a half weeks ago, that is the red zone. That's The things are too hot to handle, okay? We get below 30, that's the green zone. That's when things are. Washed out. That's when you want to get bullish. It forces you to do the right thing. Okay? So successful investing is about managing risk, not avoiding it. Right now, we were down another two percent this week to 63 on the bullish percent. We're still in a column of O's. The bad news is, is the over-the-counter index was down five. It goes into a column of O's now. The world index was not in a column of O's. So risk is higher now. All right. Now Things may change, okay. What's one of the problems this year is that the, this is the fifth time we've gone to a column of O's this year. Never happened before, okay? Not not in a quarter. It's it's happened in half a year, <laughs> but so we're having these moves back and forth that are making people crazy. Now, a couple other things that I noticed is that uh, the the T N X, which is the five year yield. Uh, I'm sorry, the FNX, FVX, uh, broke its downtrend line, meaning the yields broke out, okay? That is a problem, okay? Because before, it was just the long bonds. Now it's the five-year. So it's something else to think about, okay? So uh, we, we have some things happening that, you know, Scott may be right. We could have some problems. Now, in, in the meantime, the S&P 500 broke a spread triple top, and the momentum turned positive last week. How's that for, you know, you know, I'm talking on both sides of my mouth, but the smaller names and the QQQs, you know, they're coming off a 12% correction. Okay. Uh, utilities are not going forward. So, uh, there we go. Now the momentum in the Dow has been positive for five weeks, but like, uh, you know, some of the, the foreign markets have been negative for seven, eight, you know, up to 15 weeks for the, the more the EAF. Which are the EFA? I'm sorry, which is the Morgan Stanley Corporate Index. That's the larger uh, international stocks. So we, we have a lot of things. The QQQ has been negative for six weeks uh, now. The spiders just turned positive, and the uh, that's the S and P 500. And the equal weights have been positive for five weeks. So it's been the smaller companies within the S and P 500 that have been doing well. All right. Uh, now, some people ask me about the EEM. And that the EEM is, is an interesting stock, but I think there's some other names out there. Uh, and, and I'm not sure, you know, I've been using the EEM because it's easy because it's got a lot of good technology stocks in there. Uh, but it, right now, the the relative strength is still positive for the S&P 500. And that occurred just, you know, uh, a month or two ago. Uh, about it, Well, actually, it started about a year ago. Um, so, anyway. One of the things I did notice is we only have 14 favored sectors now, okay, 14 sectors that are in the green. So I'm going to start with the most overbought and then uh, move down. Uh, the most overbought is insurance, savings, loans, and banks are at 84, well over that 70, so we're in the red-hot zone now. Restaurants, gas utilities, forest and paper products, transportation, and building are at 70. I would stay away from those for now. Chemicals are at 64 they stay away. And then textiles, oil service, aerospace, and steel are at 60. You might find a couple in there. And then leisure is at, uh, at 50. Um, that'd be a good place to find it. Under 30 are biotechs and software. So if you're going to buy, you know, uh, you wait for those to reverse up. I've not seen them reverse up. That's what happened with semiconductors. They made a big move just recently. So, um, you know, it's something to think about anyway. There was a lot of movement between, you know, uh, favored sectors and unfavored sectors this week. We had leisure, which was, you know, extremely favored and aerospace go down to just favored. And then semiconductors, non-ferrous metals, oil, machinery and business uh, products went to average. And we had computers, retail, electronic devices, gaming and financials go to unfavored and then biotech go completely out the door. Uh, the new FDA, uh, chairman, she's highly questionable about uh uh pricing uh, so that might be a problem on the international fund uh i i just saw some some of the greek etfs look kind of interesting just leave it at that there's four or five of them out there that, that look interesting and once again the tnx did turn down but remember the five-year yield index broke its downtrend line and that dates back a while uh i can't remember how far it dates back, but it's probably about three or four years. So, yeah, look, and everybody was talking about the steeping of the yield curve. Well, if that goes up and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking that number, um, you, you know, you, it's at almost a percentage point. Now we're starting to bend the 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 curve to more of a flattening scenario if, if uh, the high yields. But I did look at the 10-year, and I said, you know, if it broke, you know, 185 – uh you, We could have a, you know, it's going higher. Uh, I said 2% at that point. I, I'll stay with that. One thing I did notice on the commodities, which was exciting, is gold. Steve, gold, the momentum went positive this week. Uh The point-and-figure charts are still negative. So aren't the regular charts. So it'll be interesting to see if this dollar starts to peak, um, you know, because of some of the stuff that I heard over the weekend. I mean, this tax deal. I don't think, uh, you know, Biden says it's 400000 and up, and his press secretary says it starts at one fifty. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much taxes we're going to be paying. I think it's going to be a lot. But uh, the dollar does continue to climb, so that's a negative for gold. So if it were to peak somewhere around here, uh, gold, uh, uh, Scott, would be right. Uh, relative strength uh, changes. Uh, remember, we always look for relative strength. It's, it's one of the most important things. What we're trying to do is match fundamentals with technicals here. And if we do that, we'll probably make more money than just doing it one way or the other. All right. So relative strength, one of the most important things of so the Dorsey Wright system, uh, who who are our friends in Virginia that bring us the uh, the bullish percent, it's 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 an important thing. So Central Garden and Pet Company, Leaf Group, Roadrunner Transportation, Pro QR therapeutics, microfocus, then cell signals, these are ones you better check your fundamentals, Cohen and Steers, Fuel Cell Energy, Veru, AVO Pharmaceuticals. Chromadex, uh, Insomed Corporation, MicroStrategy, Rite Aid, Reading Corp., Str- Strug, Strum, Ruger, and Soho, and Team. And we'll take a break here, and we'll be right back with Insiders. Uh, the phone number here is 216-901-0945. Stay tuned. She's so fine, she can't be beat. She's got that I desire. Says the summer sun, i Okay, we're back. You know, I wanted to stress a couple things that I said last week. And uh, I said gold leads interest rates by 20 months. And this is from Mr. McQuellen, who, Tom McQuellan's, the McQuellan indicators have been some of the best that I've I've followed for years and years and years. I've been getting this newsletter forever. Uh, So if gold is down for the time being, might that mean there's a break in the action in interest rates? We'll find out. The other thing is, you know, I look at Fed funds futures because uh, I get the the uh, St. Louis Fed uh, newsletter every week, and Fed funds futures dropped off the map about three weeks ago. It was right when uh, it was the, it was the day, and I don't know if this corresponded with this this announcement, but I just remember it was the day that Biden's uh, press secretary uh, said that they were going down to 150. Uh, not they weren't stopping at 400 now i don't know who's you know biden said last week it was 400 and above uh she said it twice now it's down to 150 so it's interesting to see uh, you know the fed funds futures dropping like that it's not a good sign i've seen in the past though it, you know like i said we, we are in a column of o's risk is higher now so we're in a column of o's just for domestic stocks international stocks and small cap stocks now what's hard to tell you at this point is that U.S. equities are still the number one asset class, and that international equities and commodities are now tied for second place. And then everything falls from there. All right, so uh, it's hard to say, hey, stay in equities, but you want to just review your portfolio here. You know, if something's not working the way you want it to, I mean, remember you write down why you bought the stock. Okay, Uh, I have been using some of this to buy some things that seem to be having high relative strength now. We always talk about um, insider buying on this show because insiders know their company better. And I'll tell you, some of my biggest, you know, I bought a company called RNA Interference. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget, uh, they, these guys bought a ton of stock, like $20 million, $2 stock. So I looked at who was buying it. I said, I'll buy it. Merck took them over one year to date. Pharmaceuticals. We had a gentleman by the name of Dugan buy a ton of that stock, and uh, was at three and a half, and went all the way down. Went went up to five fifty, and then got crushed in the in the uh, a little fiasco we had back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. And I bought a huge secondary, a huge amount of the secondary when it was like seventy nine cents, and they took the stock away from us at two sixty, and it was Abby, not a stupid company, a good company, a smart company. So. You know, insiders know their companies better. Why they're buying, that's the secret, okay? So what you have to do, like I said, is this is a technical scenario. We have insider buying. Now we have to look at the chart. We have to look at the relative strength. Then we have to look at the fundamentals because the fundamentals are important. There's got to be a reason they're buying, and you've got to figure it out or you don't know why they're buying, all right? So uh, remember, they're early, and what we're looking for is big buys. And my first one is a big buy. And there's a company called Digital Ocean Holdings. It was a new issue last week. And Access Industries Holdings, which is an affiliate of a 10% owner, bought $100 million worth of stock. That's not chump change. <laughs> and they paid 47 bucks this year. So it's a lot of stock. Uh, also, uh, digital media solutions. Uh, you know, they this is their second buy here. We had $53 million bought by Lyndon Leah. And uh, – that's the name you should get to know. You should uh, follow that guy up. And then GTY Technologies, which is another little software company. This this actually happened, uh, and, and he just paid for it. So I don't know how that transaction worked, but he paid three ninety three for it. The stock's like six bucks. But Henry U uh, bought thirteen and a half million dollars worth. Now here's another one that has been showing up a lot of my charts, and, and I'm not sure why. I'm tr- I've been trying to look into it, but Verica Pharmaceuticals. Uh, we had a director, Paul Manning, uh, buy $10.1 million worth of stock. And then we had um, several people buy this one, and it's Edgewise Therapeutics, which is a new issue. Uh, it popped from 24 all the way up to, like, 38 and then pulled po- uh, – actually, it's 42. And uh, Jim Flynn, who's been around the block with biotech, see, and he's a member of a 10% group, they think, uh, bought $10 million worth. Uh, Orban Invest Advisors, which is really smart biotech money, bought $5.75 million. And Peter Thompson bought uh, $5.7 million, and He's no dummy either. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Uh, also, uh, Penny Mac Financial. You know, we've been having multiple insider buyers here, and we had some more. MFN Partners, they bought $8.4 million worth. And uh, Farhead Nanji bought another $8.4 million worth. Uh, and actually, I think they also bought uh, two days later, they bought $6 million, $6 million each. Uh, so, you know, you love to see that, especially after they, you know, they were buying last week. I think they, they both bought four and a half million dollars last week. So, um, you know, those are the type of things you want to pay attention to. And then Cassie Pharmaceuticals, which, you know, was four dollars just a month ago. Uh, and Wei Wu He uh, is the chairman. He bought six point one million dollars with the stock. Uh, it's now two dollars, by the way. So he's, you know, you love to see when the stocks get whacked that these guys step up to the plate and buy, okay? Um, now, a couple other names that uh, I thought were interesting. Uh, Matt Kelly. Um, there was a uh, uh, Akiva Katz. Uh, he bought $5.4 million worth, um, which is interesting. And uh, then rent to center uh, We had a stock pullback from 65 down to, to 53, and uh, Jeffrey Brown, as a director, bought uh, $1.4 million. And for you who like REITs, all right. Uh, you know, like those, uh, interest rates. Apartment Investment Management Group, uh, Terry Constantine bought three times. He bought 100,000 shares, uh, three times over the week, uh, to the tune of $580,000 each time. Uh, that gets, you know, gets, uh, gets them up there. And then, uh, just a couple other names that I, I saw. Epizine, which got killed, was a $13 stocks, now eight, uh, uh, two of the directors, David Mott, he bought $275,000, and – oh, no, I'm sorry. He bought it twice. He bought $500,000 worth, so it wasn't chump change either. Um, anyway, so the, the point is is that uh, we still have an insider's buy, okay, and it's a lot of them. Now, the insider ratio is not altogether bullish right at the moment, okay? So it's not altogether bullish right now. So remember that. So look, a couple of things that we, I watch, uh, you know, I talked about the fed funds futures and a couple of other things I watch is the number of stocks above their 50 day moving average. And we're at about 80% right now. So, but there's no meaning, you know, no evidence yet of a, of decay. Okay. And I think the other thing is if we look at the number of stocks above the 200 day moving average, we're still there, you know, uh, Uh, And and I don't see it, I don't see the decay yet either. Now, the bullish sentiment is not an extreme, but it's no longer low. I mean, if you look at the American Association of Individual Investors, it's up there. It's up around 50, you know, and last time we talked about it, you know, we were looking at it at the end of, we we looked at it really closely in November 5th, I think it was, when everybody else was bearish. And I said, hey, this thing's at, you know, 20 Uh 28th or something like that. And uh, the other thing we looked at back then was the Citigroup economic surprise data. And that was way down and it just shot up. And now it's, you know, it's at the overbought status. So I think you want to be um, uh, selective. <laughs> is, that the, is that the right term, selective? Um, and I think the other thing we have to watch is the 10-year yield. All right. So if we break over one, I, I'd call 180. Uh, that would be uh, up, you know we're probably heading to two percent, maybe two ten uh, and and two ten is important because I think two ten or two twenty is the long term down trend line and dating way, way way back before half of you probably weren't uh, even in the market so uh, it, it's a problem okay uh, now look uh, I talked about the dollar and i 'm just going to emphasize this again. The weekly momentum is kind of building for another move in the dollar. Uh the the um well let's just put it this way. I think if I look at the weekly move, you know, we're moving we're gonna make a move, okay? The question is will it go to a new high? And I think it's the the damage has been done, so the best it's gonna do is, is go sideways for a while. Uh that you know, after it makes a move, it'll go sideways for a while. And then we'll have time to make a decision based on, you know, whether we think it's going up or down again. So this is just Tim Hayes' thoughts. You know, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, short-term, though, it has turned up, all right? So and, and if you look at the UUP, which is, you know, my idea of the dollar, because what that is is that it's the dollar against a basket of stocks, okay? So it it, it takes a lot for it to move. Um, and it, now, the other thing is I, I've seen some of the – Commodities like you know, uh, I looked at oil and, and on on my charts, and uh, uh, oil has stalled and and but it's holding. You know, copper has stalled, but it's holding. Gold has stalled, uh, but it's in that you know like a uh, like I said, it's in that uh, uh, you know downward sloping thing. And if it breaks to the north, it's probably good. If it breaks to the south, it's probably bad. All right, so it's Easter first thing you're supposed to do is have fun with your family and friends, uh, if you can get together with them. Uh, have a wonderful holiday. Uh, well, called can't call it a holiday, uh, but have a wonderful weekend. Uh, and the other thing is, if you'd like any of the information on this thing, the Dividend Growth Portfolio, the Prime Income List, our Business Owner's Guide to Transition, our Savvy Credit Investor Handbook, our, our uh, Women and Wealth, a Planning Workbook, uh, good stuff. Or you go to my webpage, just go to WHK 1420 AM, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, go directly to my webpage, go to the Insights tab. There's Fed Policy, there's, there's all sorts of stuff, ESG stuff, inflation, um, and we'll we'll have Rob Schleimer on there to replace Bob Dickey sometime in the very near future. In the meantime, it's supposed to be beautiful tomorrow. Happy Easter, everybody. I, th- I hope everybody had a good Passover, too. Uh, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Remember, buy low. So Hi.
2: Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll free 888 223 7742. That's 888 223 7742. Or visit his website rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.